Good morning. Thank you, Lewis. I, I, there's something on that song, You Reign Above It All for Me. And uh, yeah, quite undone by that. Praise the Lord. He reigns above it all. Well, we are going to continue in Ephesians today. And uh, we've been making our way through, and we're actually at the tail end of Ephesians 4. Now, those of you that know me know that I have three children. I'm a father, if you can believe it, of an 18-year-old, where is he? Uh, a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old. And it's amazing the love you have for your children and the heart you have for your children to surpass you in every way. But the one thing you have that your children don't have is time on the planet. And I'm 51, and my boy's 18. And the one thing I can offer him is what's called wisdom. And children don't know it, but time goes like that. It's just bam. And to petition him to live today with that in mind. To live with intention that every day counts. And I feel like that's what Paul is doing here in Ephesians. In the beginning of the chapter, he says to the, to the Ephesian church, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, petition you, urge you, beg of you, as it were, dare I say, lovingly command you to not take lightly the call of which you've been called in. To have it central. He's already told the church of who they are in Christ. No more excuses. He's given them the full weaponry, the arsenal of heaven that is available. If you missed it on the first chapter, he hit you again on the second. If you missed it on the second, he hit you again on the third. Saturated in this, seated in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, overcomers by the blood of the Lamb, as it were, and the word of our testimony. And in light of that, he goes, look, you've got to make some corrections. You've got to do some things in your life. Here's some instructions of what to change. And it's in light of Paul knowing he's way further along than these guys. He's learned himself. If you look at his struggles through Romans as he articulates his dealings with the Holy Spirit, and he has wisdom that they don't have. Live now. Take seriously your calling. Don't put it off. Don't pursue your worldly calling before you would pursue your heavenly calling, allow God to bring them together. You may still be called to be a lawyer. Just be a lawyer in God. (laughs) Whatever it is, bring it together. Bring that fulfillment. Bring purpose to your life. Instead of meandering out there, wasting time, till one day you'll wake up, and maybe you'll be 51, and maybe you'll be looking at your kid going, why don't they understand? The wisdom that Paul is bringing here, These are the last four verses of chapter 4. Lord, we just ask you to open our eyes. We yield our hearts to you. We ask that you would speak. We long for truth, even if truth offends. We're okay with it because we know you love us. We long for the discipline of the Lord and the correction that comes through the word of God. Have your way in our hearts, we pray. Amen. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there's any good word for edification, according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness, wrath, anger, 
clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. The verse that popped out to me when I was looking at this first was this verse here. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It doesn't say don't grieve Jesus. Don't grieve God, although I'm sure if you grieve the Holy Spirit, you would grieve them as well. But it's specific. He say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Why the Holy Spirit specifically? We know that the Holy Spirit has been sent. Jesus is not here. He has at the right hand of the Father, and he has sent the Holy Spirit to you and I to be our personal guides, our comforters, the one that would enlighten us to the Scriptures, the one that quickens the Word, the one with whom the Father sends messages to us. Do not grieve Him because He is the point guard on earth with the Father. If you grieve Him, you're like, God, where are you? There's a distancing. There's something that happens spiritually when it says you hurt the Holy Spirit. And Paul is showing us here a critical way with which we grieve or hurt the Holy Spirit. And it's clearly here. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. It seems the primary way with which we speak grieves the Holy Spirit, hurts the Holy Spirit. I'm sure it's not the only way. But unwholesome here in the Greek means rotten or putrid. Corrupted by one and no longer fit for use. Sewer mouth, maybe. Listerine ain't going to help you. Now, there's several passages that speak of the power of our tongue, our mouths, what we say. And a a very um, common one that we're aware of is Proverbs 18, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Blah, 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 blah. Have you ever been in the presence of someone who is just foul language? I'm just talking in the... They they swear in such an articulate way, in such an inventive way, that it is just like, okay, we're done. Can't be around this person. I mean, foul language is quite commonplace now. It's quite alarming to me that um, it doesn't seem to be... It seems F-bombs are dropped all over the place. Boom! Whoa, whoa. Even, you know, your nice... Friend who seems quite put together will feel free to let loose. I mean, even there's a blasphemy, OMG. There's a store called OMG. It's so small, but on, on, that it's just commonplace to say, oh my, to, to reduce God's name just to a vanity, just to nothing, just as something we just say flippantly, oh my G. But I don't think Paul's limiting that to, a, to just that type of talk, to filthy talk, but to all that comes out of our mouths. Because you can see with the juxtaposition of what is edifying versus that which tears down. And we'll see as we look into the scriptures that the old nursery rhyme, I believe it was, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. See, that's not been my experience. I seem to recover a lot better from sticks and stones than I do from words you know, it's interesting, I grew up with a, a fairly abusive father, and, and when dad beat us, I seemed to get, the boys that were beaten more than they were verbally abused got over it a lot quicker. I'm not saying there wasn't marks, believe me. But the words are still there. Think of the pains that you walk with, the, 
the discomfort that you have with the issues that you may have, how many of those issues are with what's been spoken over you? Or somebody said to you, do you hear what they said? They just lashed out and it stuck. The mouth is a powerful tool. And what Paul is saying here in Ephesians is we need to filter it. We need to filter and be aware of what comes out of our mouths to ensure what's coming out is edifying and not defiling to you as well as those who hear it. Now, I think this is a much bigger task. It seems very straightforward. Guys, we can all go home, okay? Watch what you say. Let's go. But have you ever tried it? You know, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. And, and I think it's very important for us to understand what this is here. This, we know anatomically what it is, biologically what it is, but what is it spiritually? Why is it so powerful? Now, the Bible does give us understanding this. There is a deeper understanding that is given in James. Gives us details as to this uh, tongue. Little thing, eh? Just a little guy. You know, it's a very small part of your body. James chapter 3, verse 5. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a forest, great forest on fire. You ever heard of Twitter? Or whatever social media? Papa boom. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness and corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Could you, could you give me a bit more explicit there? The tongue's a pretty dangerous thing. It's a bit like cleaning the gun. It's like, whoa, 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 put it down, put it down. Like just aimlessly waving a gun around. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless and evil. It is a restless and evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Oh, he's talking about Christians. Whoa. I thought he was talking about the world there. Sorry. Okay, that he's actually talking about us. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in his image, image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, no, you cannot draw fresh water from salty spring. See, I love this passage because it pulls back. It, it, it just pulls back the natural and shows us the effects of the tongue in a spiritual sense. And like I say, with social media and the division, that is, think of if we didn't have social media, would we be so divided? We can relate to this. The damage that has been done. You know, how many times you've said something, you're like, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> You just wish you could take it back. You've seen the damage you've done. You've said something you shouldn't have said. You've hurt people and you've hurt the Holy Spirit in the process. And you, you see the people move away, but you're not aware of the Holy Spirit. There's a grieving. I don't know if he moves away. I don't know the dynamics. 
because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I don't know. But there's something that happens in the relationship. There's a distancing of sort. You know, we're doing this when you should be doing this. You heard that? You know, but this is... You're looking around. Why is the tongue so defiling? It's, it's an interesting thing to me that this in itself, is it, is it, can it be in itself wicked, this thing? Or is there something deeper that's in control of the tongue? That the tongue is almost the mouthpiece. Sorry, that's lame. Matthew chapter 7. A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. Some logic there. The bad there is the same word used in the no unwholesome talk or language to come out of your mouth. It's, it's, it's the same as Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Okay, let's build on this. This is Jesus speaking. Matthew 12, 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. Yep, we'd make sense, right? Go into an orchard, you see apples on the tree. You'd assume, I think pretty accurately, that's an apple tree. If a tree is bad, it, its fruit will be bad. Okay? You brood of snakes, how could evil men like you speak what is good or right? He's speaking to the Pharisees here. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. A good person produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on Judgment Day for every idle word. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So we see that what comes out of your mouth is actually a reflection of what's in your heart. It gives us insight into its birthplace, its origins. You would say, Nick, it's more, it's your brain that comes up with it. No, biologically, yes, but spiritually, it's actually a heart issue of what comes out of your mouth. You can almost understand yourself a bit better and where you're at when no one's watching and you're just with your friends, you're at work, and what type of speech you use, how you talk. It's, you can go, wow, that's interesting, that's in my heart. It is, it, is a, it is exactly what the scriptures are saying here. And further to this, But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart, and those things defile the person. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, acts of adultery, others, immoral sexual acts, thefts, false testimonies, and slanderous statements. If we want to address how we speak, we must address where the speech comes from. Where how do we speak? is a reflection directly of our condition of our hearts. If you want to make an apple tree, you have to start with the DNA of the seed. You cannot go to an orange tree and just tape apples on it and say it's now an apple tree. It's not in its DNA. And that's why the scriptures say you must be born again. You must die and be born again. So the DNA is changed. This is a heart issue. And you can see how when you look at it from the perspective and understanding of the heart, 
when you look at the last two verses here, oh, bitterness. Where does that reside? Bitterness. Resentment. Wrath. Anger. Clamor. Slander must be removed from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. These are issues of the heart. These are issues that that come out and are articulated through the mouth. These are the things that block what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. These are things from the past that dogged you for the last 25 years. What your father did to you, what your father said to you, what your mother did to you, what your mother said to you, what those in authority and influence had over you. Life circumstances, where you were born, whether you were born in poverty or riches, all of the various things that have produced who you are spiritually today, that's what's producing your speech. If you continue to walk in that. You can tell by the way people speak whether they're defeated or overcoming. I always say you can tell a person's theology by the way they pray. How do they address the Father? Are they scared of Him? Are they really rebellious? Where are they at? It all comes out in prayer. It all comes out. That's the true doctrine and theology of what people believe. You can regurgitate and recite things, but what do you believe? Let's look at how we pray. And it's extremely important for us to get hold of this. And allow the Holy Spirit to examine us. Paul says this. He says, I don't examine myself. Because he doesn't trust himself. But he says, by this I'm not acquitted. In other words, I don't get off. I'm not off the hook. But he says, I let the Holy Spirit examine me. Lord, I trust you. Search me. Try me. Remove the junk that's in the way with me and the Holy Spirit. Why? The Holy Spirit's the point guard. He's the guide. How do you know you're living in the place or the time in this area that you're supposed to be living? How do you know you're living in the will of God? It is the Holy Spirit that confirms these things along with the word of God. They work together in our lives. It is extremely necessary that we hear from the Holy Spirit of God, that we follow his leading and directions. And any of these things that are in the way will only distance us, make us insecure, trip us up, Make us continue to go around and around the mountain. And for how much longer do you want to go around the mountain? How many of us are like, I just love being bitter. Mm. Man, I feel, why do you have such joy? I'm just so bitter right now. I just feel so good. Wrath and anger. Have you seen it? How many of you feel it? Haven't you ever noticed when you, you see, and I saw this with COVID, and I saw this with political, Christians getting on Twitter and doing, do you feel good? Do you feel better now? You just ranted? Yeah. Good, good for you. Was it productive? Did it further the kingdom of God? Was the love of God just flowing? I'm not saying we, sh- we shouldn't be political. I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved. But where's the tongue? The tongue is, what the, the, you understand the texting is the tongue, right? God wants to deal with this stuff. Can I tell you that God is far more concerned about your character than what he can do with you? Just as I'm with my own son, my children. I am far more concerned about character than I am about the job they're going to do whether there'll be some high-powered lawyer. I'm far more concerned about lying, stealing, pornography, you know, just, just all these things that I think real parents that love their children are concerned about. So is your father in heaven. 
Yes, he wants to use us. We know this. Yes, he wants to move through us. Paul has shown us in Ephesians chapter 2 that there are good works foreordained for you personally to fulfill. But he will not bypass these things. And dare I say, and I hate to say, I never usually say this, he cannot. It's like a skunk on the uh, upper levels. When there's, I don't know why the upper levels always seems to have a dead skunk. But you drive by, it's like, what the? That stinks, man. And it's like that to the Holy Spirit, times whatever. It's like, whoa, dude. Distance. He wants to, to expose and shed light in those areas of your life that you, no one knows about. The secret stuff. The hidden stuff. If you ever wonder why you get so far in God, and then boom, boom. You never, it's like, this, it's like a boomerang. It just keeps coming back to the same spot. It's because God wants to deal with stuff in you. And this is why I invite you. <laughs> why we put together Freedom House. Something we put together once a month where we just come together and we trust God for, for deliverance, for freedom, for healing. And we couldn't get any big guys or girls out there, so all we could get was the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And the body of Christ coming together, believing that God would do that here because he's not a respecter of persons. And so we come together in faith, wanting to get this junk out of our lives. Being honest with God, it's hard to be honest because you know when you're honest and, and, and as it were naked before people, they've let you down. And so now you're a bit more gun shy about being straight up. But it's when we get straight up and go, okay, Lord, we've got to deal with this stuff. And you may not even know it's there, but the Lord will show, he will lead. Let him cross-examine. Let him expose. Let him, because he is loving. He is patient. He is kind. But at some point, this is all about trust. This is the Christian walk. And if you struggle with trust, you will struggle with walking with God. Because it's all about trust. It's all about faith. And Hebrews tells us anyway, all things are naked and laid bare by for whom we must give an account. So Lord, is there baggage? You know, there's so many cheesy analogies I could use. Your baggage is overweight. You can't get on the plane. Kenny, what's going on? We were talking about that. But we want to bless and not curse. We want to speak life and not death. We want when everything's shaking and all the weirdness that went on with COVID and all the injustices, there's no doubt that went on. You stand fast. People are like, that guy's a pillar. That lady's a pillar. What's going on with you? Where the children see, your, they follow you. They follow the strong conviction of God upon your life. Where you see clearly where others just fog. Why? Because you're walking with the Holy Spirit. We want to be peacemakers, not troublemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, not the troublemakers. Even the Bible scriptures clearly tell us if you're going to be persecuted, at least be persecuted for the right thing. There's nothing crazier than being persecuted for the wrong thing. We want it to be a word of edification. And can I tell you, edification by the Holy Spirit is what we need. We don't need good ideas. But when somebody comes to you and edifies you, that's the gifts of the Spirit are meant to edify. And it just lifts you, raises you up. God wants us to walk in union with Him. But we first must address this and this. We must address this. To walk in intimacy with Him. Let's stand together, please. I find it interesting that in the New Testament, 
if you go through Acts, each time they preached the gospel, the people were baptized in water and they were right away baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in most every situation, they were given a gift that's called tongues. And isn't it interesting that the first gift that I see given in Acts controls the tongue, submits the tongue to the Holy Spirit, brings it into submission. And it's God's desire to just, to just for us to give in and Him to take over. Not as robots, but in union, working with, co-laboring with God, coming into agreement, which is repentance, no longer fighting God's word, but coming into alignment with His word. Allowing God to cleanse us and free us from this junk so we can walk in the Spirit and have influence, real influence, spiritual influence. You cannot, I don't think you can, walk into the parliament and give a speech and, and get the ear of Trudeau and say, give him a cell phone call and tell him. But you can spiritually have greater influence than you would know. Spiritually. So Lord, we just open our hearts. We just ask that you would cross-examine, that you would lead. We trust you, Lord. If you gave first your only son, will you not truly give us all things? We trust you, Lord. We trust you, Father, to have a work in us. We want to debaggage ourselves. We want to take the weights off. The burden that's heavy, the yoke that weighs down. We long to exchange and see the burden that's light. And the yoke that is easy. We ask that you would convict and draw and shed light where there has not been light for years in our lives. We ask cross-examine. We trust you, Lord. We don't trust each other, dare I say, but we'll trust you, Lord. We trust the working of the Holy Spirit. Just draw. Help us with those that struggle with foul language, those that struggle with blasphemy. I pray, Lord, help them see Draw them, Lord. Make those adjustments. We just pray deliverance, Lord. We stand against the enemy. We call out the demonic. We are not afraid. We have the line of the tribe of Judah. Everyone fears him. So we just declare that. We're going to sing a song here. I'm just going to ask you just to allow the Holy Spirit, if, he's, if he brings up anything, if you feel him on you right now, I'm going to ask you to come down to the front because I don't know why movement, when I first got touched by the Lord, I went, every altar call I went for it. It's like, how many times do you need to get saved? It wasn't to get saved. It was, there's something about when we move and, and position ourselves. So if the Lord is touching you and challenge you in, in, a, in any way, I'm going to ask you to come down during this song. Lord, just have your way. Lead us and guide us. For freedom, he has set us free. We refuse to live like dogs. We refuse to live like mere men. We rise higher. We hear, come up here. Come up here. We rise to who we are in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship.